This episode of TGC Podcast is brought to you by Crossway and Paul Tripp's new book, Do You Believe? 12 Historic Doctrines to Change Your Everyday Life. In the book, Tripp unpacks 12 core doctrines of the Christian faith and how they engage and transform the human heart and mind. For more information, visit crossway.org. This episode of TGC Podcast is sponsored by Acts 29 with an invitation to their 2024 Next Conference happening April 15th through the 17th in Dallas, Texas. You don't want to miss this great lineup of speakers, including Sam Albury, Matt Chandler, Brian Loritz, John Piper, and more. The Next Conference will equip and encourage church planters and church leaders of all types for church ministry. To learn more and register for Next, visit acts29.com slash next. TGC podcast listeners will receive a special discount of $20 off registration prices by using the code TGC. Again, visit acts29.com slash next. That's acts29.com slash next. Christian art used to be ambitious. Cathedrals that took centuries to build, church ceilings that took years to paint, sprawling oratorios seeking to capture the majesty of our Messiah. But it's rare that a Christian artist impresses me today. However, the artistic ambition of Christian folk rock duo Poor Bishop Hooper does impress me. I'm Brett McCracken, arts and culture editor at the Gospel Coalition. And I love getting to tell stories of Christians who create excellent art. The story of poor Bishop Hooper is one I'm excited to share with you in this episode. If you watched TGC's Advent concert last December, you might remember poor Bishop Hooper as the band that performed the wildly creative musical rendition of Matthew's genealogy. Bishop Hooper is Jesse and Leah Roberts, a married couple with three kids who share a house in Kansas City with four art students. In 2020, poor Bishop Hooper launched their ambitious Every Psalm project, in which they record songs inspired by each of the Psalter's 150 psalms, released one per week in order for almost three years. You heard that right. All 150 psalms released one per week for three years. That's the artistic ambition I'm talking about. Here's a clip from the project's first song, Psalm 1, released the first week of January 2020. As lovers of music making and lovers of God's word, Jesse and Leah had kicked around the idea for a project like every psalm for years, but its scope intimidated them. Then in July of 2019, they felt clear prompting from God to launch the project in January 2020. 
Here's how Jesse describes that moment. We're going to run out of ideas. They're all going to sound the same. There's no way we can do 150 songs. It's just ridiculous. You know, right. We have to table this. There's no way. Um, but he kept uh, affirming the call. And so we started. And then, of course, three months in um, to the project, the pandemic hits. And all of our friends in music are scrambling to release content. And here the Lord has gone before us and set us up to release a song every week for three years. The project's 2020 launch really was God's timing, not only for the Roberts, but for listeners shaken up in a world that seemed to be falling apart. In the early months of the pandemic, I remember turning on poor Bishop Hooper's new Psalm songs often for comfort, like their version of Psalm 23 released in June 2020. I will fear not, 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 I will fear There have been many times over the last 18 months when I put on my headphones or turned up my car's speakers and just immersed myself in the Psalms, thanks to poor Bishop Hooper. There's something powerful about hearing the words of Scripture put to music, sung out as they were originally were for the people of Israel. We need to be reminded of God's holiness and faithfulness, and listening to the Psalms is a good reminder. And so I'm deeply grateful to poor Bishop Hooper for taking on this project, Every Psalm, and I was delighted to recently chat with him about how it's going at the midpoint of the three-year project. But before we get into the Every Psalm project, you should know a bit more about poor Bishop Hooper's background. Both Jesse and Leah grew up in small Kansas towns, though their paths didn't cross until their college years. Leah attended Sterling College, a Christian liberal arts college in the tiny town of Sterling, Kansas, and Jesse attended the University of Kansas. They first met at a small church camp in Southeast Kansas called Westminster Woods, and they got to know each other more while on a mission trip together in Thailand. From the get-go, faith and mission were shared passions for Jesse and Leah, and so was music. I grew up turning the pages for my mom while she played the organ at church, and so I loved sitting next to her and like following along, and when the end of the page came, she would kind of nod and I would turn it. Um, and so I was exposed to music at an early age. Uh, my brother and I are both artistic. My brother is a successful artist, visual artist, uh, and I do the music thing. My parents, neither of, us, neither of them are musical or artistic uh, in that way, but we, my dad listens a lot, so we listen mm -hmm. to a lot of music. So grew up um, on classical and, and you know playing viola and piano and then uh, got into bluegrass through my brother, uh, just kind of where we lived and what was going on. Um, there's a there's a phenomenal uh, bluegrass festival in Winfield, Kansas. It's a, like an international event. It's kind of crazy. The bluegrass piece is important, and so are the Kansas roots. Because if I were to describe the sound of poor Bishop Hooper, I'd probably call it something like folk Americana bluegrass meets Baptist revival. As Christian music goes, it's Kansas more than Nashville and indie more than CCM. Here's a clip from Final Fire, a song on Jesse and Leah's 2014 debut album, Foreign Made, which, incidentally, was included on TGC's list of the 25 best Christian albums of the 2010s. And it's the song that introduced this episode. When the final fire wins, oh, masters come, masters go, felt a slave, did not know the choice was mine, always mine, though it seems so powerful. 
There's an American revival vibe to this sound, which makes their interpretations of the Psalms especially interesting. How exactly does a Kansas folk aesthetic translate to an ancient Near Eastern songbook? Perhaps as a testament to Jesse and Leah's diverse musical talents, you could listen to the songs in the Every Psalm collection and not be able to pinpoint one particular genre. Part of that comes from the constraints of the project, having to churn out a new song every week. And part of it comes from a desire to foreground the lyrics. Most of the 92 songs that have been released so far are musically minimalist, focusing on piano or acoustic guitar and vocals. Here's Psalm 64, for example. Hear my voice, God. Hear my voice in my complaint. Save my life, God. But other songs, like Psalm 33, have a more upbeat vibe, complete with drums. For he spoke and it was done. All of his commands that he hears the Lord shout for joy for the What impresses me about the scale of this project is how a married couple with young kids manages to muster the creative energy to come up with an original musical setting from scratch inspired by a biblical song every week. 20 months into this grueling creative rhythm, I expected poor Bishop Hooper might feel exhausted or spent. But when I asked them how it's going, they both seemed as energized as ever. I think at the beginning we were working out kinks. How do we sound? How do we do this? Um, do we say every word? Do we try to, you know, say just a couple verses? And I feel like the early ones are lovely and we were learning and experimenting and I feel like we're kind of in a good stride right now. We've made it through a lot of the laments and we're approaching the praise, the, you know, the ending books that are just our praise. And I just feel like it's been absolutely enjoyable. You can tell it's enjoyable for them and also deeply personal. The way they describe it, the Every Psalm Project is just an extension of their personal devotional lives. Song ideas come when they're reading a particular psalm as part of daily Bible reading, and they just jot down a lyric idea or record a melody idea on a voice memo. To stay organized, they have a big whiteboard with notes about each psalm, who's taking the lead on it, where they're at in the process, when it needs to be done, and so forth. Sometimes they work ahead. Psalm 137, for example, it won't be released until mid-2022, but they've already written it. And at other times, Leah and Jesse just have to write the next one in order. They grab time whenever they can, often at night after their kids go to bed, and they just lean heavily on the Holy Spirit's guidance and inspiration as they read and contemplate the Psalms. I feel like for me, every Psalm starts with a blank sheet of paper. I don't try to have an overall goal in mind even in the start of it. And um, for me, I guess it just kind of happens organically. Um, you know, in partnership with, with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Lord, this is your word. What are you saying in this? Um, and sometimes it feels like there's something particular that needs to be sung again. And sometimes it feels like this psalm is way too beautiful to skip anything. And it's kind of hard because, you know, a song shouldn't probably be like 12 minutes. So, you know, how do we practically do it that's still engaging but not so cumbersome um and so yep. just 
having an open hands of like, what do you want it to be like, Lord? And, and that honestly, one of the most beautiful things about this has been when we committed to the structure, that it, it removes your ability to second guess everything. Mm-hmm. You know, being in the studio with a band is like, sometimes it can be so hard because, oh, we're listening back. Oh, that's like one click too fast. Or, oh, I think we need to do this in the bridge. Or I think we, we don't have the, we've, we've chosen to not give ourselves enough time to, to rethink them all, that mm-hmm. it ends up being a really beautiful thing. Uh, because we, you can't, you know, it, it has to be what it is. Um, and I, so then it, it helps us lean on the Holy Spirit for the guidance through the songs. Here's how Leah describes her process in writing Psalm 87, which just released a few weeks ago, but was based on an inspiration that struck Leah a year and a half earlier. So I don't, I, this one, I feel like I just started with first one and then just kind of went through and what felt right. Um, the last part of it, all my fountains are in you. I remember um, having some of my like alone Bible time and reading this one. I think it was at the very, uh, I think it was March a year and a half ago. And um, we have a worship leader that we really like here from Kansas City named John Thurlow. And he has a song, all my fountains are in you. And so sometimes the Psalms that already have a very well-known tune to them can be really hard <laughs> to get past. Um, and to like think of something different. But uh, that one day I was reading that one and just, I started singing, all my fountains are found in. So I took a voice memo of it. And then I went to 87, you know, then like a year and a half later and started writing it and then got to the last verse and suddenly thought, oh, I think I have a voice memo from like a year and a half ago of that line. I wonder if it'll work (laughs) with the key and with the notes I'm playing and with the overall feel. And so I tried it and it was like, that, thank you, Lord. That is, that was, that was what it needed to be at the end. You can watch a live performance video of poor Bishop Hooper's Psalm 87 on TGC's YouTube page. But here's a short clip that captures the line Leah was just referencing. All my fountains are in you. All my fountains are found in all my fountains are in Though the fast-moving nature of the project doesn't allow for intensive research and digging into commentaries for each psalm, Jesse and Leah do care deeply about giving musical interpretations of the psalms that distill important themes and make biblical connections. Old Testament historical context, and New Testament references to the Psalms play into their process of figuring out exactly how to render the biblical text into a standalone song. You know, I was talking with Jesse about, you know, Psalm 22, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And without the New Testament, you know, I have understanding. I get the feeling of feeling forsaken by the Lord. But then when you like see it through the lens of like, those are the words Jesus said on the cross. It just is like so much more. And like, those are holy words. I can't just sing whatever I feel like, you know, we went, like I want to uphold it in a beautiful way because those are like the very words of our Christ. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's important to note that with each song, Jesse and Leah aren't doing a word-for-word musical cover. If they took that approach, psalms like Psalm 78, for example, which is 72 verses long, 
would clock in at about 25 minutes or more in length. Instead, their songs often focus on just a couple key verses or phrases that feel central or capture a truth that audiences today, who are far from the original listening audience of ancient Israel, need to hear. With their version of Psalm 78, for example, Jesse and Leah focus the chorus around just one of the 72 verses. Verse 32, In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. That's a remembrance uh, psalm, and so it's, it's narrative in and of itself, which those are the ones that I'm really drawn to. I really enjoy the, the story ones, um, particularly, and there's not a ton of like linear-esque stories in the psalms, um, but I remember, I remember that one, and it, that reading through it, you know, we just try and read it, read it in a bunch of different translations, read it again before I even start writing anything. Um, and, and having this moment of like, look at all of these things that the Lord did. You know, so that's telling the Exodus narrative as well as other things. Um, it's like, look at them. And then like, in spite, I remember reading that, in spite of all this, they sinned and turned away from God. You're like, whoa. You know, and you have this moment of, how could they do that? Look at what they've seen. And then, it, you know, within seconds, you're like, how could I do what I do? Look at what I've seen, you know. In spite of all this, they sinned. They sinned in spite of all this They rebelled again In spite of all this They sinned, they sinned And so that, that I remember that line being That's the one to grab onto for me um, And I think that was probably personal As much as it is like um, spirit-led Saying, oh Lord, how much have I seen in you? time and time and time again in my life like testimony after testimony after testimony and yet yeah. still here I am you know sitting every day you know doing things I, I know I don't want to do for Jesse and Leah singing the Psalms is not just work it's a ministry it's a personal devotional project it's a way of loving God and loving neighbor here's Leah describing why she particularly loves singing Psalms that lead her to love and pray for her literal neighbors. I think one of my favorites is Psalm 49. It's uh, um, like the beginning is like, listen in, high, low, rich and poor. There's a riddle and it's answer. And all of it talks about those who trust in wealth. Like don't envy them, though their, their houses stand in beauty and glory, they take nothing with them to the grave. And um, what ransom can you pay to God? Listen, all who have an ear, listen close and you will hear. I think my favorite ones are the ones that draw me into intercession. Um, our neighbors are very wealthy and they don't love the Lord. And I just like, it breaks my heart thinking of them being led to destruction. Um, or our brothers, that one also makes me think um, we both have brothers that aren't walking for the, for the Lord and are putting their trust in riches and wealth and money. Um, because, you know, it does bring security, but it doesn't go anywhere. By all accounts, the music of every psalm is ministering to people. Whether you've been following the project since its beginning or just hearing about it today for the first time, these are songs intended to bless the church, encourage believers, and glorify God. And they are. You know, we, we knew it's good. We know it's good to sing God's Word. We know it's good for people to know God's Word. But particularly amidst the pandemic, all these people responding with, I'm in this, 
you know, these horrible situations, whether it's, you know, COVID related or not, or, you know, my, my daughter's in the hospital with cancer and I can't go see her because of COVID and I have to, you know, all these things and I just listen to the Psalms every day or whatever it is. And I thought it'd be a lot more distant, like hands off from the people that actually listening because we're not playing them live. You know, we're not mm-hmm. doing that. Um, so that's been a heavy thing, but a really beautiful thing uh, and some fruit of it that I never, never yeah. imagined. Um, and that all these people's, you know, kids are, are memorizing psalms now and stuff through these songs. So praise God for that. Lord, shout for joy. You are faithful in all you do, do, do. listening to this episode of the TGC podcast. To watch poor Bishop Hooper's new performance exclusive to TGC of Psalm 87, check out the Gospel Coalition's YouTube page. And for the sake of your soul, I really do encourage you, check out the Every Psalm Project at Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream music. This episode of the TGC podcast is written and hosted by me, Brett McCracken. It's produced by Heather Farrell and Josh Diaz, edited by Robbie Herrera, artwork by Gabriel Reyes. The TGC podcast is part of the Gospel Coalition's podcast network. Its executive producer is Stephen Morales, and our editor-in-chief is Colin Hansen. Special thanks to Jesse and Leah Roberts, and to Andrew LaPara for production assistance in this episode.